was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. Welcome, Town Ball Junkies, to another episode of the Small Town Baseball Commute. I'm your host, Josh Item. On this episode, we've got a special treat as it's our first dual guest episode. I figured out how to use the merge call button on my iPhone so I could bring you a conversation with a couple Gilbertson brothers, Ryan Gilbertson and Brandon Gilbertson. We had a chance to touch on what it was like to have the opportunity to be teammates as well as brothers well into their 20s along with discussing how many unfortunate hitters Brandon hit with pitches over the years. This one was a lot of fun, so here you go. Now retired Town Ball brothers Brandon and Ryan Gilbertson. All right, well, here we are again on the small town baseball commute. I got to be really honest and upfront right now. This actually is not a commute for me. I just dropped my son off at football practice, uh, and due to COVID, the parents aren't allowed to stay and watch practice, so I am sitting in my car. I got a little time. thought this would be a great time to check in with a couple friends of mine. So on the line, I've got the Gilbertson brothers, Ryan and Brandon. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Doing great, Josh. Good. Hey, we'll start, uh, you know, either one of you can start, but just like we've asked, the, you know, our other guests, why don't you talk a little bit about what brought you into town ball, maybe a little bit of little brief synopsis of your career in 30 words or less but uh <laughs> tell us what brought you into town ball and got you to uh, this podcast well i started town ball because i went to uw stout and i met brian bosch who played for the spring valley hawks and bosch uh coached at river falls high school and we had a class together and i wasn't playing baseball at the time and he asked me to come play for you guys because I think you didn't have enough guys. Well, I mean, <laughs> also you could pitch, Brandon. I suppose I, we should identify. So this is Brandon on the line right now. So, yeah, we we did not have a lot of guys, Brandon, but we knew you had pitched in high school. And, and I mean, you must not have been totally terrible if Bosch asked you to play, right? No, yeah, he asked and he said that you guys needed pitchers. And what I find funny about that is the first year I played, I don't think I pitched at all. I just played outfield. <laughs> sure. And that what year was that was probably about two thousand and four uh, five. It was oh five, I believe, because I graduated high school in oh four, so it was oh five, oh six. And then I actually I think previously had met you because when I was a sophomore in high school when you went to UW River Falls you called the baseball games for us when we played at uh, UW River Falls baseball field. Yeah, at the now the now uh, paved over Raymer Field that's now tennis courts over at UWRF. That's yep. right. We did a little announcing. They asked us to do some of that in the spring. I remember you guys going out there. And that was when the high school was being – fields were being built maybe. I can't yep. remember why you guys would have been playing there. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was the uh, we're trans. Uh, yeah, they're building the high school fields at the time. Okay, so then Brandon, you played until how long? When when was your last year? Because you transitioned over to River Falls from Spring Valley. Yeah. And then when was I, your last year? I stopped playing. I think the year after we won the state championship. Well, because that's what all great players do, right? You just yep. go out on top, <laughs> walk away. I think yeah, I think I pitched like two innings the year after we won the state championship, 
and I could no longer throw, and I said I was done. Yeah, couldn't pick your arm up. I remember that. I remember you saying your arm was starting to kill you for about the last year and a half, yep. actually. Yeah. So, Ryan, how about you? Oh, let's see. So, Brandon was playing in 05, 06, and I think at that time when Bishop was in charge of the Legion, uh, he wanted more of the younger guys to take over. So, I, being the older gentleman on that squad, uh, joined forces with Brandon. Got to meet all of you guys and play in that lovely field in Spring Valley when I was on break from college. Uh, yeah, I played with you guys all the way up until, I think, 2000. I think I came back and tried to pitch a game in 2012 after I just got back from uh, basic training and then realized that everything on my body and my arm hurt from having mm -hmm. two shoulder surgeries, and it was pretty much just kind of kind of done from there but uh yeah after the state championship and my two sons being born i, I just kind of moved on from after that it was just yeah, more of a, life taking over more of more of life taking over yeah and then uh you know still you know at that time you know you're chasing around the dream of playing baseball and all that stuff and i kind of had to that come to jesus moment where i had to get a big boy job and all that fun stuff so yeah and one that wouldn't let you play at that time too very much i remember that um, yeah, that game uh, that you you're talking about that you came back and pitched was that in Red Wing? That was in Red Wing. Yep, that was. Uh, I wonder if that. I think I might have got kicked out of that game. <laughs> I, you know what? I think I think you did because uh, at, at one point I think I made it through the first, may, yeah, maybe two or three innings, and I remember I threw a pitch and my whole arm went numb, and Brown looked at me and said you're done and yeah. then i was just sitting and i was just sitting in the dugout and then i think like shortly thereafter that you got kicked out and i was like well i'm still not the oldest guy on the team here so i don't have to take any responsibility because i have no idea what's going on yeah so not only in your last game did you pitch you managed the last seven innings you know what happened yeah, there yeah, yeah. was that you you had to throw so you blame it on a sore shoulder i blame it on you had to throw a million pitches because Anything that wasn't right down the middle was just called a ball. And I think I've only been thrown out of maybe two two games in my whole life, and I had to work hard to get thrown out of that game because I finally had enough. So what I did was the umpire had a – I went out and argued with him trying to get kicked out, and he wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't do it. And I remember walking back to the dugout thinking, how can I get kicked out of this game? Like, what will I do to get kicked out of this game? So I finally picked up his water bottle that he was keeping in our dugout, and I chucked it all the way out to home plate, and that did not go over well. <laughs> no, and I no, the but the desired result. I didn't even get to spend time with you in your last game because I had to go sit up in the stands and pretend that I wasn't there. Yeah, but yeah, I you had to move his water bottle out. Yeah, you had the you had the whole manager of the Mets thing going on. You had to sit up there with your sunglasses and camouflage thing going on. Just real mature, real mature. Well, that's yeah. not the first time I think you've thrown something out of the dugout. You used to throw the bats out onto the field when we were slumping and pretend to start a fire so that they would get hot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Remember we or, had a guy or, or, or with us from... Go ahead, Ryan. 
Oh, I was going to say, otherwise it was Nathan Brum who would wake the bats up by taking them all and throwing them in a pile and just banging them around a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a classic move. Just anything to try to get everybody going, you know. Yeah. I think I can I can remember uh, Matt McDonald that we played with, if you guys remember him, had a whole had a whole scenario, a whole set of things he would do that would start with throwing the bats, and then he would start a speech about, you guys, you're just a dry pile of hay. That yeah. was his way to inspire everybody. You're just a dry pile of hay, just waiting for a spark. And for some reason it worked. It was just the goofy things that you start to say to each other on a team. He was so probably of, left-handed. Yeah, he probably was left-handed. Well, speaking of goofy things, so one of the things I'm I'm just curious about is – I know you guys, we were talking before we got on here, you guys were only a year apart in high school, so you got to play some high school ball together. But what was it like being able to one – of, one of the benefits, I think, of town ball is, and we've talked a little bit about the family aspect, so what was it like getting to still play baseball during the summers together as brothers even when you guys were going through your 20s? Uh, I thought it was awesome. It was, uh, you know, the time I got to share more with my brother and be able to play baseball, but still have that family time and just have that, you know, that extra time that some people don't get. I mean, not everybody gets to play baseball for an extra six or seven years after high school, but let alone get to do it with their brother. Yeah, I I agree because, I mean, when we – so when we moved over to River Falls, I think, what, 2000, maybe 1999, 2000 or something like that, we were, you know, it was kind of right in the middle of the middle school, high school season. We didn't really know anybody, but, you know, for me, baseball was, you know, how I met all of my friends and then, you know, getting to getting to play later on. And, you know, and honestly, one of the best moments for me is, you know, when, you know, we, we have so many guys or when we were in Spring Valley Day, we didn't have enough guys, so I got to play so many positions. But one of the greatest memories I'll ever have is when Brandon pitched, I'd get to catch. You know, I'd go out of my way to be as annoying as possible, so I'd get to catch. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of times that I would just be like, can you just go back behind the plate and stop critiquing me because this is already frustrating enough. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there. You know, and if it wasn't from behind home plate, it was over at first base, and my my inability to shut up during the game. That's true. That's uh that's an inability I think you were known for, Ryan. The the never inappropriate, but definitely just the chirping from the start to finish. Not necessarily getting on teams or guys. I don't want to make it sound like this, but but you were kind of baseball talk guy, you know. Oh, just definitely. That's. I just, I just, I didn't, I didn't know how to shut up. I had the inability to close my mouth, and, and if Brandon was pitching, then, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted him to be his best, and most of the time I was not very good at communicating that with him, and he would just give me the death glare from the mound or from behind the plate, and I'd go out and talk to him. He'd just tell me to turn my fat butt around and go back around, so. So not only, Brandon, were we going to put your own brother for you behind the – I mean, just think about how, how mean to us, to you, we were, really, when you think about that. <laughs> we put your own brother behind the plate. And then on top of it, he's not even a catcher. He's no. not a catcher. No, I, I mean, when, when I was, like, maybe, you know, in the fifth, fifth grade when Dad used to stick me back there because I felt like I was being punished. Yeah, right, when everybody had to take a turn putting the gear on. I, yep, you know, I'd yep, like to exactly. know the statistic on that around town baseball how many how many guys were catchers or became catchers who were not catchers in high school and college and 
and then just kind of, you know, that what does Joe Padalo call it? The the catching gear, the tools of ignorance. Uh, yep. Put on the tools yep. of ignorance, Joe would say. Yep. <laughs> so what yeah, are, uh, yeah. you know, beyond beyond being brothers and, and being able to play, what are some of your, you know, I'm interested too in kind of life after town ball, but what are some of your, what are some of the things you look back on, um, you know, fun moments or regrets or some of the teams you hated playing against or loved playing against? What are some of the things that stick out to you guys? Well, one of the things you actually brought up on another podcast, I believe with Frenchie is uh, Ryan and I got the opportunity to play baseball with our dad because we didn't have enough guys when we played in Spring Valley. So we needed another guy to play. So we had a 40-year-old man playing first base that hadn't played baseball in 15 years. <laughs> and then yeah, I, I got in, I got another opportunity to play with one of our other brothers because we went up to Hogan and we didn't have enough guys. Mm-hmm. So we had to bring him up there. And I think that game you were catching, and I think I'd given up 17 runs in like six innings, and I was the only pitcher on the roster <laughs> And you kept walking out going, do you want to keep doing this? You know what? You were not, you weren't, you, I was not catching. We were, we were so shorthanded. I was playing shortstop. That's, that's yep, how bad yeah. we were. <laughs> yes, and sir. in fact, I probably gave, was that Kyle that came up and played your brother, Kyle? Yeah, I think Kyle I, played yeah, right think, field. Yep. Kyle probably had my uniform on because I wore my like Spring Valley Cardinals coaching uniform. So I'm not even in uniform. I'm in all white. And I do remember that conversation. That's what I remember about that game. I remember walking in from shortstop and you just saying, well, I've already given up 17. So what is the point? Yeah. Keep going. My head was on a swivel a lot watching balls go over the fence. Well, they were not a bad team either. So it's not like, yeah. I remember that night for sure. That's a fun place to play at night, even when you're getting beat, I guess, because we had fun that night. You know, watching giving up four or five home runs is frustrating, and then I think that's one of the one of the few times I think we ever voted not to keep somebody because uh, we had a guy that wanted to play, I believe, with us. And this is what I was just thinking of. Yep. Yeah, he tried to steal home off a pass ball because you could do it in Pony League, but here's, he was out by half a mile. <laughs> yeah, here's what happened. This is the tough. This is the the lean years of just trying to find dudes, and you'll you you just need to get nine guys. So I cannot remember the guy's name. Nice kid. He emailed us through the website, and like the day before, and I said, "Well, we have a game tomorrow night, and we really could use a ninth guy. Can you make it?" And thank God he showed up because we had nine guys. Yep. But he was he walked in his first plate appearance, somehow got to second. And then there was a base hit to left field. Guy on third held him. Coach, who was over, was coaching third, held him at third. And then the ball went from the left fielder to the second baseman. And the second baseman just dropped it. Like when you yep. throw it in the infield, he just dropped it at his feet. And the guy just took off from third. And then he got in the dugout, and nobody really wanted to say anything because nobody knew what to say because he was out by 45 feet. And that's when he just said, well, something he neglected to tell us via email well, the last time I played was when I was 12, and then whenever they <laughs> dropped a ball, you could just run. Yeah, you okay. can't really do that in amateur ball. <laughs> Love your enthusiasm, and thank you for making it, but please just follow the lead of the other guys. 
at this point. Ryan, what are what are some of the things that? Uh, yeah, he was. We did vote, and he was not asked to return. Um, we were pretty <laughs> hardcore at that time. Ryan, what are some of the things that stick out for you? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say, you know, playing playing with my dad. That was well, actually, I think I had already had my shoulder surgery at the time, so I think I was actually kind of managing from a bucket, watching my dad go up and play, and then uh, he went over, he'd come over, smoke a heater, and go back out to the field or hit or whatever he was doing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I will I will never forget that. That was, you know, just awesome seeing him come out there. I think, I, Brandon, I think he was even older than 40 because, who knows how long that was. But, um, you know, one of, the, one of my greatest memories, I think, would be, uh, you know, we had just had my son. He was probably five or six months and we went to the state tournament and getting to, you know, win the state tournament, you know, cause I mean, the whole time I play with spring Valley and you guys, you know, listen to stories, you know, Brom and Sammy and all these other guys that would come by and you guys talk about the state tournament, just getting back there and doing all these, these wonderful things and, you know, playing great baseball. He's just, you know, being able to win that and, you know, and I don't want to say like winning it for you, but, you know, just more of that extra emphasis on, you know, winning a state title and trying to be as best as we could for you guys that, you know, had talked about it for so long and having all of my, you know, essentially my college baseball teammates, my brothers and all that on the team and just being able to, you know, cap that season off with, you know, my family drove down. They surprised the heck out of me, drove all the way down there to come watch us play. Yeah, that was down all the way in Coon Valley, right on the skinning field of Coon Valley. Yeah, and then, you know, and then, you know, to top it off, you know, here we are, we're playing with J.P. Fireisen and Marty Harum, and then, like, the next year they're, you know, in the minors. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, just to, you know, to to go back and I think about those guys sometime, and it's like how goofy they were when we were playing with them. Like, Marty was just, like, unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys were so, just babies. I mean, yeah, just, just babies. Senior, I mean, you, you could J.P. tell. He was a senior. You, Marty had been to school for one year, maybe, or was about to. Yeah. Yeah, and you could and you could just tell. It's like these guys, you know, you know, for the most part, you look at like guys like Steesel, Clint Kemp, and Giebel, and you know, these guys are great athletes. And then it's just you look at Marty and JP, and you're like, wow, that that's what it takes right there. Like those are the guys that are going to go further than this. But but it was, I mean, it was just an absolute blast to play with those guys and all of you guys. So yeah. Well, you talk about an emphasis on winning it for us guys that were a little older than you guys. And, um, but really, I think when we would tell you guys those stories of, you know, we, we more so wanted that opportunity for you guys as young guys too. And that's kind of, you know, the old guys always want, want uh, the young guys to have the, have those experiences and, and do some of the same stuff. But, you know, you talk about Marty and JP and some of these guys that are at a different level, um, I think that's one of the amazing things that you can only find one or two of them a year because they're not around because they end up getting drafted and go on to bigger things. But when you get the opportunity to face a guy that throws 95, like, like we did during that tournament you were talking about that year um, from on Alaska, those are just some pretty cool, it's pretty cool moments being able to play against guys of that caliber for sure. Oh, and absolutely. And then, you know, I, and from the, you know, I guess the sidelines now when you see, you know, I, I watch you guys play, you know, I try to keep, track of you guys and watch you play and then I watched the state tournament this year from my phone since it was wonderfully broadcasted. Those guys did an amazing job. 
Um, yeah, they did. And just watching you guys, and you look at, you know, some of these people talk about the talents and, and the WBA, and it's like these guys are all college athletes, former college athletes, or guys that love the game. And it's like you talk about that, like you see these guys that throw 93, 94, 95 sometimes, and it's like, you know, you you the talent is, you know, I challenge anyone to to hop in there and, and you know, take take an at bat against some of these guys or play play an inning of defense against some of these guys. It's you know, it's un you know unreal to think that you know you can be 33 years old and playing against former minor leaguers. Yeah, well, it's it's and it's not as fun as it sounds either. It's just really humbling. It's a, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon and I actually, Brandon and I actually, we've been texting each other because we've been helping each other with a lot of our construction projects lately. And I, I asked him after you guys won the state championship, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, you got one more year in you, and he's like, I don't know if I can move. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I could pick up a ball. I think every time that when Ryan and I see each other, we try to play catch and. I think I throw it at his ankles about four or five out of the ten times I throw the ball. Yeah. Well, fellas, just don't forget that right now your boys still, they think you throw hard. Don't <laughs> let them ever, don't let them forget that. So as far as hey, they know, you know what? as they get a little older, just be like, yeah, I just don't want to let it loose, you know. Yeah, that's, I, that's I exactly to... it, you know. Go ahead, Ryan, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say this is exactly it. Even with wiffle balls, you know, don't crowd the plate. No. Yeah, don't let them win. How are they going to learn to be competitive if you just let them win all the time? I like to joke with Ryan's kids because they're a little older that if they want to learn how to take a beanball in the ribs, to call me. I still have have not. Brandon, your name did come up uh, a couple different – you guys, your names come up all the time in the folklore of the team, but um, we one specific one I can remember was we were in Menominee this year and – I'm not sure why I thought of it. I think I just flashed back to it happening. But I remember walking in from right field and saying to a couple guys, you guys ever heard of a guy named Joe Moore? Because we had a guy <laughs> named Brandon Gilbertson that hit Joe Moore about seven times. Every time Joe Moore came up for the Menominee Eagles, like let's just lay this to rest right now, Brandon. By the end of it, was it just in your head that you were going to hit him? Like you just no. couldn't help it by the end of it? I, no, let's be real. I had no idea where the ball was going half the time. So I was just trying to throw strikes, and Joe liked to crowd the plate. And so if I threw inside just a little bit, like I usually did, because I didn't just hit Joe Moore. I hit lots of people. That's but true. I did. There, the game that you were talking about, I hit Joe Moore three times in the ribs. And then Ryan came in to, as relief and had an 0-2 count on Joe and then drilled Joe in the ribs. Uh, and not on purpose. And not, no. you know, there was no – Joe's a great guy too, and we all got along real well. So there's no ill will about it. It was just we couldn't. We just we would hit that guy. He's no, a good player. He too. was a ball. He was a ball magnet. Yeah. yeah well, I Brandon, remember. I believe that your nickname by the end of it was. I believe you were just called the People Seeker. Yeah. Yeah, I hit lots <laughs> of people, unfortunately, and I apologize to all of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, didn't at, didn't at one point, I think I think you were, like, the self-proclaimed, uh, like, statistician-wise, like, you, you, you would tell people that you, you own the record in the WBA for most hit batsmen? 
I don't know about that, but I do know, unless it's been broken, that I do hold the fish record for most hits bat, hit batsmen. And yeah. I'm very proud of that, even though it's a bad thing to be the leader of. It was really, it was between you and Dan Morgan. Yep. We'll have to get Dan on this podcast sometime. That would be entertaining too. But you guys hit a lot of guys. But I, I, Morgan threw a lot more innings too. So I think if you broke, if you definitely, if you broke the stat down, and maybe I need to do that before I post this, um, we'll break the stat down. I'd like to know what your hit by pitch per nine innings is. That was a lot. Because that is not going to be broken. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. There's, no, it there's, can't be. There's no. You, you'd DiMaggio, have to try. There's DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak, right? Uh, yep. There's. Barry Bonds' steroid-fueled home run record is not going to be broken unless someone, <laughs> unless people start taking steroids again. And then there's your hit-by-pitch by nine. That's, that's the only three unbreakable records in sports, probably. Very Somebody's going to kick yeah. a 70-yard field goal, you know? Yeah, and Brandon, and Brandon, I mean, Cal Ripken played those games, you know, all in a row. I mean, you got, you're up there with legends, man. Yeah. <laughs> and with the way that sports medicine has gone, someone's going to break Cal's record someday. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if they play long enough. I maybe I'd put Cal's record in there too. That's a long career. No. I'd I'd put your record above Cal's record. Cal's record <laughs> would get broken before your record. That's you can you heard it here first on the well, small town baseball commute. I definitely appreciate that because it is one of the few things that from town ball that I'm still proud of, even though mm-hmm. like I said, it's not a good thing to have done that. And I don't try to hit people, or I never tried to hit people, just did not know where the ball was going half the time. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about just still having your name in one of those record books, no matter what, no matter what it's for. For a while, I was on the UWRF. When you would, when you would look at their baseball record books, I would appear in a column for saves in a season. But it wasn't a good number. It was like four. But I remember being so happy that at least my name appeared somewhere on that page. Because then I also, when you look at, look at town ball teams and we're one of them who, who have their, have their career record books. Yep. You can always find, you can always find the guy who was like the manager for a long time or just, just played forever because there'll always be a games played yep. and there will always be like, who cares who played the most games? Well, the only one the, the guy that cares the most is the guy who puts the record book together, who's the manager, who, darn it, I'm going to get my name in there somewhere, and it's going to be because I played 5,000 games because I wrote myself in the lineup 5,000 times. So. Well, and then speaking of that, I think when we were like six years in, when Ryan and I had played for like six years, I think I'd heard from you about 1,000 times that I'm, I'm just trying to get off the field. I just want to get these young guys in. I just want to get off the field. Yep. I, you know, I want to move. I want to be done. I just want to kind of manage the game. <laughs> and you're still playing. Yeah. And I and I have to say unequivocally, like, that was what I was telling you at the time was the truth. And I think if somebody would have come along in those years and taken all that stuff and run with it and wanted to do that, I think that would have happened. But now here I am, you know. But I th- I feel like – I feel like then, though, I would have been that guy – who retired over and over. So well, I'm done playing with the fish, but I would have popped up in Ellsworth a year later, or I would have popped up in Osceola or Hudson because it's just hard to put the actual bat and ball down. Yeah. The managing I, part, I could have given up, though. 
it's it's a lot of work as those of you guys that have done it know you know so i promise i I wasn't lying (laughs) i never wanted to do that when you guys would have to like make pitching changes and i'd be on the the one pitcher on the bench and Mm -hmm. you're like okay you have to go warm up and i'm like are you sure you want to do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah even even when we i mean when we first started the fish uh and we kind of divvied that stuff up right away. Like, Giebel was in charge of, like, I mean, we we never called it recruiting, but, you know, just kind of player management. And yep. you were, you yep. know, in charge of running the big the big picture and, you know, trying to do a schedule. I mean, I've never felt so bad in my life when you were playing a game and, you know, we're this brand-new team and we're trying to play at the high school and have all these great, wonderful things we're trying to do to, to bring fans to the field and, we show up and the team that I had scheduled didn't show up, and it's like, uh, well, was, dude, we got we got fifty guys here or fifty people here that are expecting the game. We got this promotion we're running, and here I am. And I, honestly, I think it, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to say the team's name, but I think I remember it off the top of my head, Josh. I do. Um, you remember? Yeah. No, they deserve it. They is, still is it deserve Cottage it. Grove? I don't care if it's twenty years. It was Cottage later. Grove, wasn't it? It was Cottage, Cottage Grove? Grove Coyotes, and yeah. we were never going to play them again. They called us yeah. one other year, and I was like, no, because that's – okay, yeah. so there's a no, lesson for folks, right? You don't cancel on yeah. a team when you're going to their park. No. You just don't. Yeah, and then – and I've, I've never felt like – and it's like, you know, and I mean, honestly, there's nothing I could have done about it, but I've never felt so bad in my life. Here we are. I have, like, this baby team we're trying to run here and bring people in, and now we're going to scrimmage. Yeah. So – yeah, that happened. Those are the things that, and I can't say that we've never canceled on a team at their park either, because we've done that for sure. But yeah, you just yeah. can't expect that they'll ever ask you back. No, nope. and it's yeah. it's hard. So you're always better off show up. I think I told the story when I was talking to Ryan Gerber about showing up with with eight. You're always better off show up with seven guys. Give us a heads up. Show up with eight guys. Whatever. Just show up with what you got, and we'll fill it in because there's people that expect the game. You look at the umpire even. Umpire umpire's planning to get paid that day. You know? Yeah, and even yeah. if you don't have a game yeah. they still get paid, so Right. Yeah, if you don't well that yeah, that happens too if you just don't show up and the team doesn't cancel the umpires. I believe that's what happened that day too. Cottage Grove Coyotes. That's spelled C O T T A G E G R O V E Coyotes. <laughs> Yeah, you can find I mean, us well, on our Facebook page. Yep, right. You can direct your <laughs> letters to. Well, fellas, it's getting to be about six thirty. I should probably wander over to the football field. They should be ready to go pretty quick here. Any any closing thoughts or things I didn't ask you about that you want to get out to the masses here, international radio? <laughs> I, you know, I just show up. If you want to play town ball, just show up. You'll get to play. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you, uh, you know, they're, you know, like you said earlier, Josh, you know, the, the hanging them up part is tough. I, I constantly look at my, my ball bag every now and then. It's like, could I do it with my time schedule and things like that? You know, it's one of those things that's been a big part of my life that I truly treasure and miss sometimes. But, you know, there's places to play. There's teams to play with. And honestly, I I wouldn't I wouldn't take back any of it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, Brent, and that just that that phrase "just show up" that's so true. It's something we always, you know, you get the you get the young guys that come in that you know they're not going to start right away, 
and they look for opportunities, and that's what we try to tell them. The more you show up, the more I'm going to have a chance to go put you in the outfield or I'm going to get you in at bat or I'm going to get you in inning. And um, you will always end up playing more than you thought you would at the start of the season. If you if you looked and said, oh, I'm going to be buried, I'm not even going to get a chance, you'll play more than you think. That's for sure. Yep, and that's, with what, and that's what I – because, you know, I was one of those guys that, you know, I had to show up. I wasn't – I didn't start like I was our, I think our sixth best pitcher at sometimes, and I got my opportunities by just showing up. And I would tell all the new guys we'd bring in and be like, "You may not play a whole lot, but if you show up, there's going to be plenty of times where we need to fill fill roster spots, and you're going to get to bat, you're going to get to play out in the field, you're going to get to do things you never got to do in high school because we just need you to play." You might even catch your brother. Yep. Just I, you know, I think I think I think one of those summers I I played every position. So I mean, if yeah. like, like Brandon yeah. said, you show up, you're gonna you're gonna get to play. You know, there's you just got to put in your time and your dues and stick around and show them that you're serious. Mm-hmm. I think we had a game where you played every position down in Elmwood, Ryan. That's what I remember, and that's Elmwood, also known for UFOs. So that all makes sense. Just strange things. Yeah. That happened in Elmwood. All right, fellas. Well, you Gilbertsons, I miss hanging out with you guys. It was good to talk to you guys tonight. Thanks for talking to you. Appreciate it. All right. I'm going to get off to football. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game.